Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Karen Siegel about the bare minimum Mondays trend and what we can do about it. Karen Siegel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Florida. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the bare minimum Mondays trend and everything that that entails. I always love unpacking these types of concepts and these trends that get picked up in the media. The the, the latest buzzwords, the latest trends. I mean, there's only so much value in, in those buzz terms, uh, but they're always rooted in real issues and real concepts, real challenges that are facing organizations. And so that's what we're going to try to unpack together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Karen's bio with everybody. Karen Siegel is business development and HR manager for Miami-based Delta Hire LLC. A former New Yorker, Karen cut her teeth in the fast-paced world of PR and marketing. After working at top agencies representing brands, including the Ritz-Carlton and Estee Lauder, she turned her attention to HR and recruiting, spending two years working closely with clients and potential candidates to better manage expectations and navigate the the ever-changing landscape of post-pandemic corporate culture. As a new resident of Florida, Karen spends her spare time at the beach with her beagle puppy named Bagel and mentoring young women who are newly entering the corporate world. And I suspect you're familiar with the game Beagle or Bagel? I am. (laughs) I am, but I hope he doesn't bark during this because he's here today. Uh, I'm a dog person, and I had a wonderful beagle dog who unfortunately left us far too soon um, due to cancer a number of years back, and uh, he he was amazing. And so I'm a little jealous. Um, I I do have two wonderful dogs now that I wouldn't replace with anything, but um, but I I do uh, remember the good times with my my beagle and beagles and bagels uh the the game is really fun so if anyone so hasn't seen fun. that check check it out it's just so funny yeah the little sir they look like a little yep. circle yeah yep good well karen why don't you start by uh unpacking for us well actually first if there's anything else you would like to share about your background or personal context and then you can start by unpacking for us this this new trend, the bare minimum Mondays? Yeah. So I think, you know, my position is interesting where I'm at now at Delta Hire because I'm the HR manager, director of business development, but I also 
had been on the employee side for so long. And so I, I know what the quiet quitting and what the bare minimum Monday or the Sunday scariest feels like, because I was on that side for the past 10 years. And I worked in various industries, whether it was hotels, public relations, uh, and health insurance. So for me, um, I greatly sympathize with an employee, but I also sympathize with an employer because I've, I'm now an employer and I've been an employer previously. So with the bare, I mean, there's always going to be a key term. It started with Sunday scaries. Then it went to quiet quitting. Then it went to great resignation. Now it's on the bare minimum Mondays. But the overarching theme is there's becoming more and more of a disconnect and a divide between the employee and the employer. And it comes down to workplace wellness. Like it's very simple. It just keeps getting phrased in all these other words. Um, and, you know, I'd love to really dive into not really in just bare minimum Mondays, but really the, the start of a four-day work week and what that's looking like in the UK. And that's really where I'm focusing a lot of my attention on, especially for advising clients um, and, and what that looks like and how we bridge the gap of the great resignation. Like you said, uh, there, there's buzz terms for all these things. And it's helpful in that it, it gets picked up by the media, it gets people talking, yeah. people that may not otherwise talk about these issues or really have it enter their consciousness are now thinking about these issues, which I think is good. The more we have people talking about these types of HR and leadership issues is is, is a good thing. But the, it it changes and there will be a new one a few months from now or six months from now. And, and it always changes and that's fine. Um, but it all comes back to, like you said, uh, this this fundamental shift that's happened in the workplace and in the academic literature, kind of the esoteric nomenclature is shifting psychological contract. Just the sen- the general idea that the shared expectations between employer and employee, uh, the organization and the worker has shifted dramatically over the last many decades. So you imagine what it was like for our parents or grandparents' generations to go to work and what that looked like and what the kind of mutual commitment and loyalty and investment uh, both ways was in the workplace. And that has eroded over time to the point where now, when people talk about the, the current psychological contract, there isn't much of one. Um, you know, most organizations want to stay agile and flexible with their workforce. And so they're trying to uh, utilize contingent workers as much as possible, gig workers more and more part-time workers. So they save on the, the cost of benefits and such. Uh, employees, though, on the other hand, they also want the flexibility. They want to be able to dabble and do side hustles. Um, and it, the nature of the workplace and the nature of the worker and organization relationship has just shifted so dramatically over time that it gets us to where we are today. And then we start throwing different labels on it, whether it's the great resignation or the great reawakening or quiet quitting, or like we're talking about today, the bare minimum Mondays. Ultimately, the same issue is at play. And that is there isn't the same strong kind of connection between employer and employee, worker and organization uh, that we had seen in previous generations. Uh, and it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just, it just is. It's just how things have shifted over time. And so if we want to be able to be successful in navigating the current labor market, the current world of work, we have to be aware of these trends and we have to be aware of how they're impacting our ability to bring value to the marketplace through our people, through our employees. Um, so th- again, that that's just laying out this kind of general conception of what we're going to be talking about. Um now, if, as we zoom in specifically to this this idea of the bare minimum Mondays, uh, it, it connects with, like you said, that that Sunday evening 
dr- the dread feeling where you're just like, oh, yeah. I can't believe I have to go back to work or the the Sunday morning blues. I've heard it called the right. different terminology for this. Right. You basically you're like, oh, where did my weekend go? I, I don't want to go back to the grind. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. And, and the, the bare minimum Mondays just carries over from this because now you're actually back at work, but you're kind of dragging because the it's the start of a new yeah. week and you, you just can't really get into it. My question is for any boss, any leader in an organization where you have this problem, where you have the bare minimum Mondays that you're observing with your people and for any individual, for any worker who finds themselves in this kind of a, a mentality, what can and should change in the organization and the way the teams work and the way leaders lead and, and people are led? What needs to change so that we can shift that so that people aren't dreading work so much, but rather they actually get excited. Uh, they're re-energized over the weekend and they get excited to go back to work because they get to work with cool people doing cool stuff. Um, and and it's just enlivening and, inv- and inviting and exciting. That's what I think we want. And that's what so many organizations are really struggling to create. Understanding and having it not be so taboo is there's really high productivity hours and really low productivity hours. And I study this quite a bit. It's the same thing as a REM cycle. And we go through that through our day, whether we're at work or we're at home. And I've, you know, I spent years journaling, when are my highest productivity hours in the day? And when are my lowest and utilizing that to my benefit, and then teaching others, particularly employers, how to utilize that to their employees. So, you know, that kind of ties into bare minimum Monday, because bare minimum Monday, accomplishing just kind of the low hanging fruit tasks when you first get in okay i can accomplish one of these tasks i can accomplish two of these tasks and then leading into the day so it doesn't feel like you're just hit with a semi you know truck the first thing you walk in monday morning and really playing to hey it's okay let's just do some of the low hanging fruit and we'll get there right because what you don't want to happen is on a monday morning is you have those high productivity tasks and then it leads off during the week because you're really not getting as much done as you think you are when you're doing such a high productivity that early that Monday morning and really just embracing that. I think our culture in general is, is, is still the burnout culture. It's still the, the grind, 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 um, no matter what's going on in your personal life or how you're feeling or your wellness is that day. So shifting that conversation is one. And number two is understanding that employees, I mean, some of them are there to pay for their kids' tuition, to get health benefits, to put food on the table, and that's okay. Not everyone is there to climb the corporate ladder and be the CEO or or be the C-suite. So I think it's like that conversation too and just having more of that open dialogue of some of your employees are there because they need food on the table. And that's, that's okay. That's, that's okay. Yeah, all work is honorable and yeah. and motivation, different motivations for work is is just fine. Um, I, I have seen it where sometimes leaders, maybe it's because their mentality got them to where they're at. And so they kind of think that everyone else should have the same mentality when it comes to kind of career ambitions. And and they have a hard time recognizing in perhaps remembering or at least acknowledging that people have different motivations, different drivers. Sometimes it's simply a life stage. Sometimes you simply at this moment in time, this is your core reason for working. And maybe you'll do the corporate uh, 
you know, race and the ladder climbing later, but right now you need to handle something else. Right. So everyone has these life stages, these career stages. Um, and, and we just need to be flexible to that and, and not force everyone into the same mold. I think that's really important. So that's a really good point. Uh, something else that I see when it comes to the bare minimum Mondays or the Sunday dreads or whatever is a lot of times it's, in large part due to the fact that people haven't really been able to have some good work-life balance over the weekend. And so even though they've had a weekend, they've spent time checking their email and doing this and that and the other, and they may have put in several hours of work over the weekend uh, instead of really unplugging and really disconnecting and really recharging, spending time with their loved ones, doing you know a hobby or, or whatever. And so the weekend just flies by and then all of a sudden, oh, it's time to go back. They didn't really get the break that they needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, one thing I would say is as a leader, you need to create the space for your people to truly take time off, to truly take those days. So whether we're talking about a traditional five-day work week or you move to a four-day work week, or whatever, whatever it is, when people have time off, even if it's taking vacation days or whatever, make sure that they know they can really take that time for themselves, for their family uh, to recharge. And it will really help with their productivity. The other point that I just want to highlight that you also mentioned is this idea of momentum building as you start your week. You do not need to start your week, you know, coming into the office first thing, um, on Monday morning, assuming you're in a face-to-face office setting, you come back in after the weekend, you're dreading it. Now you have all these high stakes meetings and, and a big presentation and blah, blah, blah. And you're just hitting the ground running right away, trying to rev on all cylinders immediately. That's going to be hard for anybody. And so just keep in mind how you schedule your week, how you schedule these types of meetings. Um, you can't always control it, but a lot of times you can control it and you can you can set yourself up for success by simply giving your chance, giving yourself a chance and your team a chance to build momentum back as you're starting uh, with the new week. Uh, and if you can do that and start to get reacclimated back into the workplace setting, working with each other again, um, pe- people will come back on board and they'll get going. And then you can really have a great productive week and accomplish some really great things. Um, but it can become very discouraging to show up immediately after you haven't had even much of a break anyways over the weekend. And now you're just launched right back into it. And and it's just like hitting a brick wall. And there's no wonder why people hate that. I would hate that too. I, I have hated that. I've, I've experienced <laughs> that just like you have, like everyone has. Nobody likes it. And so it, are people slacking off? Maybe. I mean, there are some people who are going to be slackers. They're going to yeah. try to do the bare minimum. I don't think most people though show up to work trying to slack off or intending to slack off. But if they, if they, if they don't um, have a chance to just naturally reacclimate the way that anyone would, uh, then of course we're sometimes going to be frustrated with the type of performance we're seeing from our people. Um, We, I have to have reasonable expectations as a leader, as people are coming back Monday morning. I think it's empowerment too. I remember I was uh, at a, PR firm in New York and we had summer Fridays year round. So we were off every Friday year round at 1 PM. And there was something so empowering where you knew, okay, if I'm off every Friday at 1 PM, not everyone gets this. This is a luxury. I'm going to have a a higher expectation for myself during those four days, the Monday through Thursday. But I felt empowered to do that. I felt empowered to bring it to the next level because I was off at one on Fridays and I got my life back for that, you know, half hour or half day. I could go to the doctors or do whatever, but it's also a lot of empowerment because if an employee feels empowerment, 
they're going to want to be productive, to not slack off, to be, you know, uh, doing towards the bottom line. So it's 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 a lot of that too, a lot of that psychology behind that. What whether we're talking about, you know, a traditional workplace, face to face environment, or or remote virtual distributed teams, or we're talking about some sort of hybrid arrangement, if we're talking about a five-day week, a four-day week, whatever, right? There's all these different variations. Uh, and you just described uh, an example of where you had you took a half day on Friday every week. Um, those, if we can just be mindful enough as leaders and create systems and policies and practices that are flexible enough to give people back some autonomy and, and empower them in their lives and the work-life integration, work-life balance, a little can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily need to jump to the four-day work week. Uh, you don't need to des- necessarily jump to fully remote. Uh, some some do, and, that, and if, if that works for them, that's fantastic. But there's a whole spectrum of different options, of different things you can try to do. Uh, and, and just know your people, know your industry, know your people's needs, know their wants and understand that perhaps that changes over time. And so have regular communication conversation uh, with your people and they'll appreciate it a lot, you know, to, to have that, that level of flexibility. Uh, It makes, it makes coming back to work on Monday a whole lot easier. If Mm -hmm. you know that your employer values you, that they respect you, you're treated with dignity and respect. You're seen as a whole person who has a life outside of work. You know, when that, is the case, it's a whole lot easier to come back and to contribute in meaningful ways and to even get excited about coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I've i certainly felt the Sunday dreads, but I also have had jobs where I literally am excited for Monday morning. Like I'm excited yeah. to get back to work. I love my family. I love spending time with them. I love doing all those things over the weekend. But after spending dedicated time with them for a couple days, I'm I'm ready to get back and to really dive in and do some really cool creative stuff with some really great people. And if that's the environment we can create, you're you're not going to be dealing with this bare minimum Monday issue yeah. or quiet quitting or any of the the trends that we've been talking about. When someone feels valued, they want to go to work Monday morning. They're excited. And I've been in jobs where I haven't, and same with you, and I'm in jobs that now I, I do like going to work on Monday mornings, but it's, it's uh, yeah, when you feel just a little bit of value and empowerment goes a long way. Things that you mm-hmm. can do, and you're right. You don't have to just, companies don't have to just jump to a four-day work week because that business model doesn't work for probably 90% of companies in our country. Um, but there are variations that you can add to it. That will go yeah. a long way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know you wanted to talk a little bit more specifically about four-day work week. Um, so we can dig into that a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but to also just to highlight, like there is quite a bit of research around this, uh, around the idea of how much work is op- is the human is a human individual optimized for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's there's studies out of Harvard and MIT that suggest you know, that instead of, you know, an eight hour workday, for example, uh, that maybe six hours is, is more optimal for most people. Um, now that's kind of crazy in Western culture in the United States to think about a six hour workday. Most people, most people think, what are you insane? That's crazy. Um, but the research has shown that actually people can be often more productive 
more innovative, um, accomplish more in less time. And so, you know, we're not even talking about, you know, pulling the 14, 16 hour days, like many people do consistently. We're talking about like an eight hour day and perhaps reducing it to a six hour day or taking, you know, a 40 hour work week um, in over five days and, and reducing it to a 40 hour work week over four days, or perhaps a 40 hour work week and reducing it to 32 hours over four days. Like there's a lot of different variations of this, but there's also recent studies that have demonstrated that especially for high cognitive oriented types of professions where you're thinking a lot. So not just kind of rote types of tasks, um, those types of things that are just repetitive, but where you really have to do a lot of deep thinking, a lot of deep creating and innovating that most people really can't do that kind of deep work in any sort of meaningful way for right. more than a couple hours a day. Uh, and so if if that's the case, how much time do we spend each and every day spinning our wheels when we're not going to be productive um, just because it's the tradition and the norm that everyone should be, you know, working X amount of time. So right. I just share that, you know, as a way of, of perhaps thinking and reframing the way we approach work design and the amount of time that people work. I am a big advocate for getting away from butts and seats, like seat time, face mm -hmm. time. How much time are you physically in the office or physically at your computer doing work? And moving more towards a performance-based, uh, production-based kind of a model where right. like, how productive are you? And, and optimize your productivity and your creativity. And for some people that might mean 10 hours a day. For other people that might be eight or six or whatever, it's going to be different for everyone. Let's value what people accomplish and produce and their results rather than just some arbitrary number about amount of time that you need to be spending doing the work because, because we know that doesn't work for everyone the same way. Right. I agree. And it's, uh, it's interesting too the way that you, you know, the high think the high really functioning thinking that does not go on for eight hours a day and humanly is not possible to do that. So utilizing that to our strength instead of our weakness. And really, I was reading something interesting, uh, particularly when the UK, they rolled this out. I think it's almost 100 companies at this point, with very positive results about a four day work week. And again, this isn't for every industry. I'm in a sales oriented role that's mostly commission. It doesn't work for us, but it works for a lot of other companies. And, as, you know, I think too, with the four day work week or even modifying that is understanding that we have to keep up with our technology. We need to get, you know, our technology now wasn't what it was when we implemented mm -hmm. the five day work week. So yeah. catching up to, we have, you know, we haven't really caught up with our technology in that sense and, and understanding that we don't have to really be at our desk sometimes for eight hours. We can be there for six hours. And I can almost guarantee you that the productivity would go up. It would, because there's a lot, there's wasted time. There's wasted time in my day. There's wasted time in everyone's day. That's, that's reality. Yeah. And in some cases, in many cases, the majority of one's day is wasted time. <laughs> Yeah, that's reality. Um, and, and, you know, I'm thinking back. So this was partially a cultural thing, but I, I worked in, at, a, at a tech firm in South Korea um, back in the early 2000s, 2002. And uh, it, you know, the, the, the Asian culture often is like, it's very hierarchical. It's, it's deference to authority. And the idea is basically you better be in the office before your boss and you better be there to tell your boss leaves. 
Uh, and so people put in really long days. Uh, it's not at all uncommon that you're there at like seven in the morning and then you're there at, until like nine or 10 at night. And then you go out to dinner or drinks with, you know, with the boss or the team, like, and then you just rinse and repeat and do that over and over again. That's a very common thing. Uh, and that's, that's what I experienced uh, largely that uh, most of the workers did that. So it was really interesting for me though, to observe uh, how people worked uh, in those really long days, like every day really long days wow. and and how productive were people um one i saw that in part this is a cultural thing as well because you had to have meetings all the way up the line and then all the way back down the line to get anything approved um just because of of um some cultural norms so people spent a lot of time in meetings that um perhaps you know in in my estimation kind of wasted a lot of time uh, but even just when people had time to do their work did, did people need that much time? I I, I knew I didn't. Um, mm. You know, I, I felt like I was looking around trying to find things to do and and be, do things in meaningful ways. And I also could see, you know, kind of the ebb and flow in my own productivity during the day and, uh, and knew that there were times where I just, I, you know, I was just there to be there. I wasn't actually doing right. much or accomplishing anything. And I, I'm not singling out Korea or this this particular company or anything like this is a common problem. This happens in a lot of places. Um, yeah. and, in, and this is a bit of an extreme example, but it happens in so many different places where we find ourselves stuck in the hamster wheel, you know, of just showing up, doing work to be busy because we value busyness because we've, as a culture, we we've said that if you're busy and you're constantly doing stuff, then that means uh, you're doing something good. Um, but if we can, if we can challenge that assumption and just say, okay, what are we actually accomplishing? Um, then, then that opens the door for us to be far more productive, far more effective than what we're doing. And like you said a minute ago, you know, maybe that means we are spending, you know, many hours a day on the deep work, on the creative work. Uh, but if you, if you empower people to recognize that they don't have to be tied to their desk all day, that maybe that will allow them to then go on a walk, go uh, develop some some workplace relationships, do some cross-pollinization of ideas where they can generate new creative uh, approaches and solutions to customers' problems that never would have happened if they'd just been stuck at their desk all day, right? So there's a lot of uh, synergies that can happen as we get away from uh, kind of that traditional model uh, as we move into the future of work. Well, Karen, this has just been a really great conversation. I note the time yes. it has flown by. I need to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you and find out more about your work. And then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can connect with us at deltahire.com or on LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn is Karen R. Siegel. Uh, we specialize in staffing and recruiting and training. Um, a lot of us are DISC certified, including myself. Uh, so we go into companies and, and work with the DISC model. And I think really to wrap up the topic today is empowerment and value and understanding that there's a divide between the employee and the employer and how to bridge that and, and really working more towards this kind of an employee's market now. And how do we, how do we adapt? How do we change? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Karen, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Karen and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Mm -hmm. 
you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.